Hello, beautiful friend, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am so glad that you're here, and it is such an honor to be here with you today. So if you are new to Joyfully You, hello. My name is Kelsey Lowe, and I am your guide, your host for this conversation around being a sensitive soul, being a highly sensitive person, and understanding how to use your sensitivity as a superpower, how to understand yourself on such a deep level that you can learn to love yourself, learn to trust yourself, learn to discern what you need and how to express those needs. And so my intention with this episode is for you to feel seen and heard and understood because, oh my gosh, when I started learning about this, my mind was just like, oh my God, this is it. This is everything that I've been talking about, but described in different ways that I just couldn't put into place. Oh my gosh. So signs that you are a highly sensitive person, signs that you are a sensitive soul. I have a list here for you today and you are going to love this because... A lot of you are going to be listening. You're going to listen and you're going to be like, oh my God, yes. Oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I'm going to be, some of this kind of sounds like I'm describing an introvert, but there's more to it. So think of sensitivity being a heightened sensory experience, meaning what you're able to see, smell, touch, the amount of information that you're processing all at once is greater than other people. And so, not greater, but you can process more information all at the same time. This is why you can pick up on those subtle conversational cues if if someone is upset or someone's really happy about something. So you can deeply connect with people so well. You can relate and have conversations and connect with almost anyone because you know how to read people because of your sensitivity. You pick up on the subtle cues, the senses, the nonverbals, okay? So, that's number that's one of the signs is and I'm not gonna give a number because I just have like a whole little list here and um so you can number them if you'd like. <laughs> so the next one being needs alone time to recharge. So even if you are a social person and you love being with people, your alone time is like sacred time. And maybe you've been on a journey of learning how to vocalize that you need alone time. Maybe you've been learning that you actually enjoy alone time. Um you know, and, and, and keep in mind, like all these things that I list, some of them you're going to totally relate with and some of them you won't. Like another one is not liking being in, um, big social settings, like it being kind of exhausting and just like a sensory overload, like being overstimulated with everything going on that it's just like, woo, right. I kind of get a high off it. Like I kind of like it, especially if it's an environment of a bunch of people that I enjoy being with. Right. But if it's an environment with a bunch of people I don't enjoy being with, then yeah, it's going to be exhausting. So that's one that for me doesn't fully resonate. Um, Another one is easily moved by art and nature. And so being able to connect to the energy in a room or the energy at the beach or energy by a river, um, seeing a piece of art, seeing someone creating art, you know, there's a deep appreciation, a deep... uh, seated creativity for people that are highly sensitive because they see the beauty of of how things are. They pick up and they're more connected to that. A lot of artists are highly sensitive. That's why, you know, you hear about the the tortured artist feeling the deep, the deep lows and the high highs, you know, that's also another sign of someone that's highly sensitive is you feel it all. You're a deep feeler. So the highs are really high and the lows are really low. And resiliency, I think, is the biggest thing like that we need to learn as highly sensitive people. 
And so keep in mind, I am doing a free workshop all around how to get shit done as a highly sensitive person of how we bring that the, the, the go and the flow energy and how we are able to get shit done and make ourselves proud as a highly sensitive person. Meaning I know you have like a thousand ideas running through your head and I know that it can feel like all or nothing at times and like needing some pressure in order to get things done or feeling overwhelmed and getting anxiety because there's so many things on your plate that it already kind of feels like a failed day. Even when the day hasn't started, like I get it. And that's why I've created this training. Um, and it's free and it's happening on January 29th. Okay. And so you could be able to see the link in the show notes to be able to sign up for that. So the next sign that you are a highly sensitive person is your, you, you cry a lot. <laughs> you cry a lot, right? <laughs> yep. That's me. And, and if someone else cries, you can, your, the, your level of empathy to connect with them immediately causes you to cry or like a touching, wholesome commercial or movie. It's like there's happy tears or a sad movie, sad tears. Another sign of a highly sensitive person watching scary movies and horror movies and violence is like the body shudders. Like for me, when I am feeling my best, any type of violence, like I instantly turn away. I don't want to watch it because it seeps into my, my subconscious and then it shows up in my dreams. Like I don't watch scary movies. I can't watch scary movies, horror movies, but the times that I've been depressed, I could sit and binge watch stuff about cults, about murderers, because <laughs> I am overstimulated to the point of being desensitized, and my like fight or flight type response is more of a freeze and shut down. And so it's really interesting because the times I've like kind of beating myself up or like, you know, why aren't you doing anything? What's going on? Why, why is it so hard to get the smallest things done? Like that was the conversation with myself. And it's because I was overstimulated and I wasn't able to calm my nervous system. And so it was, I was like feeling in a state of shutdown because I cared and had so many things on my mind, but I wasn't feeling confident enough to take action on them yet. So I was just in this middle ground and it just was like a dark cloud. You know, it was like, that was how depression was showing up for me. Um, and I think it's so important for us sensitive folk to learn what it looks like for us to be overstimulated and know when we need social time, when we need alone time, when we need to go for a walk, and like when we need to take our own hand and like drag our asses out to get some sunshine or to go eat something healthy if we don't have food at home, you know? So let's talk about food in a highly sensitive person. Like hangry is no joke when you're sensitive. Because your sensitivity to things, think about it, like the high highs and low lows. So you could be hangry, getting so frustrated, upset, and then the moment you get nutrients into your body, you're like a whole different person. It's like, I am so sorry for the things I said when I was hangry. <laughs> like, that's me for sure. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, and also with food, like there's a 
deep appreciation for highly sensitive people around food and like you're so happy when you're like my boyfriend said he's like you're the happiest when you're eating because whenever I'm eating like I'm like it's like this little happy dance this appreciation because think about it your senses the taste the smell the sight like me and my friend were talking about cooking and she loves cooking and that's like a side business that she does of teaching people how to cook nutritious food at home that it doesn't feel so like difficult you know and how to be uh, like level of health. And, um, she was saying, she's like, I just love food and and making it beautiful and like just the process of it, you know, and she is a highly sensitive person. And, and, and we were talking about this and I was like this, it pleases all the senses. And so if you're processing more information, um, sensory information in a controlled environment where you're not being overstimulated, it's the only being stimulated by the, the things that you have placed in front of you, things that you like to do, your own passions and hobbies. Like it is just this like beautiful serotonin dopamine overflow of happiness, you know? And so she gets to make art through her food. For me, like I get to express myself and make art through this podcast and through like the little graphic design stuff for programs and coaching things that I do or for photography and writing. I get to express myself through writing, you know? So it's so important as a highly sensitive person to have your outlets to create, to express, you know, what is that thing that you make art through doing. Maybe you make clothes. Maybe you like to bake. Maybe you like to garden. What is that thing for you that just brings you so much joy? And like, oftentimes those things are also what help us regulate our nervous system and, and, and reconnect to our bodies because it relaxes us and brings us joy when we do it. So that's the other thing about being a highly sensitive person is so much emotion is stored in the body. So sometimes, you know, doing something that's beneficial for the body automatically helps us work things out in the mind because moving the body helps move the emotions, which helps gives us, which helps give a different perspective on how to look at the exact same issue we were just thinking about 20 minutes ago. So it's super important for us highly sensitive people to have outlets of healthy ways to cope with the intense flood of emotions that we have because it's actually very common for addiction with highly sensitive people for addictions that are like the benzoids the kind that um calm the nervous system, you know, that, that depress the nervous system from any pain, uh, you know, painkillers, basically painkillers, weed, you know, because it helps like soften the stimulation. So it can actually bring this calming effect, but we are more likely to become addicts. And also to think about it like this, like this is something that was really a breakthrough for me, thinking about my own addictive patterns, is this desire to feel good. For highly sensitive people, it's all about how do I feel? How do I feel about doing this? How do I want to feel, right? You know, for me, like weed has always been a thing of like, I like how I feel, with it, you know, um, and learning about, oh, maybe it's been this tool to soften the stimulation because not knowing how to fully hold the energy. And that really has been the journey for me the past like three, four years is how to hold the raw energy without any stimulants. And what I've noticed is when I'm honoring my sensitivity and taking care of myself, like the times where I'm like, wow, that was probably optimal health. Um, for me and like it, it, 
I, I can't even drink coffee because my natural energy is there. And so that's also a sign of being overstimulated is if like I've had, you know, high highs, low lows, I'm right there with you. Okay. So some of the low lows where I'm just needing and wanting to have energy and feel like life's purpose pumping through my veins, I could drink four or five cups of coffee in the day and still feel fucking exhausted. And so Another important thing about being a highly sensitive person is being obsessed with our purpose. And so if we are doing something that doesn't feel like it is in alignment with our purpose, it will literally drain the life out of us. We can't do it. We will end up getting sick or sabotaging or quitting because we know we have to be doing something that feels meaningful and purposeful and and true to who we are. There's nothing more exhausting than being someone that we're not. And that goes across the board for anyone who's highly sensitive or not. 20% of the population is highly sensitive. Isn't that just so freaking interesting? And 30% of the highly sensitive people are extroverts. How interesting is that? So I'm like, wow, I'm an extrovert, but I'm highly sensitive. And so that explains the introverted tendencies of needing to re be like a recluse and like hibernate and be alone. And the times where I didn't know how to express my need for alone time, because everyone in my family would take it personal. Like, why don't you want to hang out with me? Well, oh, you mad at me? You know? And it was just like, it has nothing to do with you. It's just, I had to learn how to do that. But before I learned how to do that, I straight up left the country because I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to express that I needed alone time. And to be honest, I didn't even know that I needed it because I was so used to just going, 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 going. Like I, my, I became addicted to the stimulation of always doing something because I didn't know how to like calm, feel calm and productive. And that's also been a big journey over the past like four years of, of, and again, high highs, low lows, the pendulum swings, right? So everything that I'm sharing, it's like, I can speak from it when I've been in these dark places where just like the wind for the day was taking a shower and making my bed. And then there's other times where I'm tapped in, tuned in. And so much of it has to do as if I feel in alignment with what I'm doing, the energy flows. And it has so much to do with the sense of purpose, being on purpose, feeling like this is what I'm meant to be doing right now. This is being a, a true, authentic you know, version of myself. I'm not lying to myself. So that's the big thing too, is we have to, the, our inner world. So this is the next thing that's really important for people that are highly sensitive the relationship you have with your inner world is the most important relationship because if we do not feel at peace with who we are internally, it is damn near impossible to create that deep intimacy that we're longing for with our relationships around us. We have to create that intimacy with our relationship with ourself. And so I would just like having all these like, fireworks like boom, boom, boom. No wonder I've like been diving into teaching self-love because that inner relationship for a highly sensitive person, if it is not filled with love, it is so hard to allow that in because on a deep subconscious level, we don't feel worthy of it, you know? And so 
Oh man, isn't this so good? So please, if you have resonated with this episode, please join us for the workshop. Join me for the workshop, Highly Sensitive People, How to Get Shit Done and Make Yourself Proud. It is free. The link is below. It's also at kelseyloshow.com slash registration dash page. Um, and I am always hanging out on Instagram and talking about exactly this. How do we show up and make ourselves proud and get shit done as a highly sensitive person? Knowing what we know, how can we show up and do our best? And so join me for the workshop. It's happening soon. Um, and there's information below. And if you're hanging out on Instagram, come say hi. I'm at Kelsey Low Show. If you like this episode or if you're like, oh my God, I'm a highly sensitive person. This is me. Send me a message. I'd love to be able to connect with you and just uh, meet you. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Joyfully You podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.